I mean, nobody says it's going to be easy. Nobody says it's going to be smooth. Oh, just because I'm young doesn't necessarily mean I'm not capable. I think a lot of times uh, people will, I've been taken advantage of, people will, will underestimate me because of my age or just because I'm a young black entrepreneur. But just because of my age doesn't mean I'm any less credible. Um, it's just, I'm just coming from a different perspective. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Chain. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy. Um, happy to be here. Happy to be alive. Happy to be warm, y'all. That's really what it is. Florida's dope. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go. My boy just moved out here and now he's repping Florida hard. I love it. I I'm love a Floridian it, now. <laughs> I can dig it, bro. I can dig it, man. So without further ado, I mean, this shouldn't be new news to you guys at this point. I mean, every week we bring you a special guest that just provides so much value for your business, for your brand, for your life, really. And this week is a uh, pretty special man because this is actually one of my brothers right here. Uh, we went to undergrad together, man, and 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 we just we formed a, a pretty strong bond, I would say, back then. And uh, man, he's just been able to show me so much love, and just seeing him grow and and turning into the man that he's been has just been a blessing. So, without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce. Uh, one of my brothers, man, the creator of Mizizi, progressive idea of African diaspora developed into a powerful brand. So here he is, the great, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Paco Asando. Paco, my boy, mm-hmm. talk to me. How you feeling? What's good, Joe? You know, Carl, you're pretty smooth with your words there. You know what I'm saying? You, you turned into a young wordsmith. I see you. <laughs> But I'm feeling great. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be here. Um, like as Paul said, like thank y'all for inviting me. And yeah. Absolutely, my brother. Thanks for coming on. So typically, man, we usually like to dive right into the why, you know. But I I, I know I know you, man. I know your story. And um, you know, Paul does as well. And so I usually start off, but today I want to go ahead and, and, and take a back seat to start off and, and, and let my boy Paul go ahead and uh, do his thing. So, Paul, go ahead, man. Fire at will. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen this man pass the rock at the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say less. All right, man. Um, look, <clears throat> if everybody's listening to this at this point, they know me as easy, right? Um, shout out to the Swahili name, by the way. You know, I'm Kenyan, so I felt that. Um, but I just want to really start with right in the middle of everything, right? Um, which has to be, look, 
for a lot of people getting into the fashion industry, the clothing industry, right? Um, I don't really think that many doors are really as open as people think. So what would you say, um, and especially when it comes to getting people to purchase, because everybody got a t-shirt. Yeah, That's the kicker. Everybody's got a t-shirt, but not everybody's selling. So what would you say would be like some unique methods that you've been able to utilize since the inception of Mizizi to be able to get the attention of your customers and of your ideal audience? I would definitely say one, having figuring out what your competitive advantage is, figuring out what it is that sets your product apart from whatever else is out there is, is a big one. Two, figuring out what kind of market you're trying to address. Um, what's, what's that niche? What's the, what's the smallest niche, but has like the biggest, the, uh, the most viable audience? I think that's what Seth Godin says. Um, and finding that, that market that's small enough for you to conquer, but large enough for you to actually uh, have a sustainable business. Three, having reliable team people. I think um, the fact that like just the team members I have now and all the roles that they play and how much that they pour into Mazizi and how much it shows now has really elevated our growth and really has helped us stand out amidst everything else that's, that's going on out here. All right. And, you know, I have a follow up with that. With What does that look like? And well, this is what I mean by that. What's up? And Because I'll be honest, like, Everybody knows you have the official streetwear of the African diaspora. I mean, let's be real, right? You're just laughing, but inside I know you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So let's be real. Let's start right there, right? So, you know, kind of thinking back and looking back to what that looked like, finding that niche, because I remember when I first heard about it is when Carl introduced me to it, right? Mm -hmm. Um... And then I was just like, yo, like, this is mad dope. I've never, I had never seen Kenyan jerseys, except for like soccer jerseys sold in Kenya. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like being able to identify that target. What, what does that really look like? Because I know a lot of people hear that, find the niche, find the thing that works, plug the hole, right? That's the favorite marketing term. Plug the hole that needs to be plugged. F- fix a problem that needs to be fixed. When it comes to I re- really identifying that niche and what sets apart maybe say what sets apart somebody who is kind of interested in your product to somebody that's like oh yeah for sure they're going to purchase as soon as they see it as soon as something drops right how do how do you identify the difference between those two groups so it was all honestly a learning process in the beginning it was a lot of hit and miss I didn't necessarily know we were going to start with jerseys so to speak for our product um and focusing on on kind of like that sportswear sphere in the beginning um it was something that was honestly sparked by a random tweet I saw a I saw a Los Angeles baseball jersey on my timeline and I never seen a baseball jersey like that but I was like this is pretty cool I never seen so for those who don't know, Mazizi was really supposed to be everything from head to toe, Every, like socks, um, shorts, pants, shirts, but with like Kenyan or African fabric stitched into it. Um, and amongst all those was the African baseball jersey idea, just because I thought it was cool. I'd never seen anything like it. And um, from there, after doing a little bit of, of bumping around between manufacturers and figuring out what I actually wanted to put out, um, I decided to focus on one product and that was the African baseball jerseys because I figured if anything, this is what would be the most popular 
Um, this is what I think. Because honestly, I never, I, I'm just not a fan of t-shirts personally. Like t-shirts are meant to be given away on Wednesdays at college on the university campus. You feel me? On Bull Wednesdays. Um, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't buy one. So I'm not trying to make anyone else buy one. And yeah, so I felt I focused on one product. And from there, um, I was like, okay, if I were to create a collection, how, like, which audiences can I address or should I address? And since I had one that was Africa or a, a Africa jersey that was representative of all the flags, I figured, let me figure out which um, diasporas had the biggest communities within the United States. That way I could start there and then kind of just gradually um, grow the company or grow the business as we get like a larger and larger audience. And whenever I'd done that, I deduced it was Nigeria, Ghana, Egypt, Kenya, um, Ethiopia, Eritrea. And I think, yeah, th those were the six. Um, and then from there, I had kind of just, as the audience responded to it, as people were asking what jerseys or what, what jerseys do they want? What countries do they want to be represented? That has kind of built out our audience and our niche even more. Hog, with that being said, man, like, we know with business, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know, like everything isn't just smooth sailing. There's a lot of bumps in the road that come. Now, with that being said, I'm, I know you've faced your fair share of those bumps as well. But what would you say was like the turning point for you in your business? Like, what was that point where it was like you felt like you started to kind of turn that corner? Honestly, from the beginning. <laughs> um from the jump we had gone viral on social media um i had told a bunch of friends to like people because i had broken down my entire phone book um uh, divided it by flags and, and ethnicities and or nationalities rather and figured out like okay everybody has a friend or a cousin that is from this this country or that's from the same country as them um or has the same background as them at least one um so if i can get everyone and granted, I know this same method wouldn't necessarily work in today's. Um, I mean, it could, but I mean, people, I feel like people are pretty used to the general like tag somebody tactics on social media at the moment. But back then, five years ago, um, I don't know, it was just the circumstances had worked out for me. Um, but yeah, so I, from there on social media, people started tagging um people on like the Ghana jersey on Nigeria jersey on African jersey and really really shared it so we had made like a I feel like we made a loud and like a fast and loud impact um within a short amount of time and because of that um I, I forgot what the original question was oh yeah so because of that like from the jump I had known that I'd, we had something special and I love that, you know, you mentioned from the jump, you knew you had something special. Um, but, you know, not everybody tends to figure out exactly how to go about it off the jump specifically, right? Like you got to be a special entrepreneur, entre businessman to be able to like really got had the sauce from the start. So what would you say would then be like maybe your top two, three characteristics of who you consider to be a successful business person or entrepreneur when you have that momentum you have to be consistent in order for to really grow it or to really scale it um and even when it just comes to catching momentum period like 
that momentum really can make or break a business. So when you do catch it, make sure you're consistent, consistently putting stuff out so that um, it just carries it, it carries that momentum through. Uh, I would say like definitely like grit slash not just knowing how to take rejection. Um, granted, in the beginning, I feel like a lot of my actions were a bit ego driven. And that was one of those, oh, you think I'm a little kid? Well, either you can respect me now or respect me later, but you don't respect me one way or another. Um, <laughs> but that had, had like definitely just taught me like, okay, even if you do get rejected, just keep putting up shots. Make sure that you keep, um, yeah, you keep keep shooting. Cause at the end of the day, like something's gonna hit, something's gonna shake. You're gonna find someone that really does rock with you. Um, and what would that third characteristic be? Naive optimism. Um, I, I honestly, I always call myself the naive optimist because on one end, a lot of, it can really look like dark out there. You know what I'm saying? It can really, um, sometimes you just really need to, to look on the brighter side when all think, when you're going against all odds. It may not work out, but when it does, like those blessings really come down. So I think that's one, one thing to really, uh, naive optimism is definitely something that is characteristic that people need to persevere. So, Puck, I, I think I already know the, the answer to this question. But again, you know, it, it's also about being able to provide value to the listeners. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that me and Paul, one of the points we always try to really drive home to our listeners that are in healthcare and they want to transition to being a healthcare entrepreneur, you know, or you're just starting your business or brand, is just the concept of like, there's going to be some point where you want to quit. There's going to be some point where the thought crosses your head, where you feel like I'm done with this. And so yeah. for you, I want to go ahead and, and, and say, like, describe for us like a story or a time where you almost gave up on the business. And what was the outcome of that? Early on in the beginning, um, maybe about like, three, four months out the gate. Um, we were launching our second collection. By this time, the company had, was I was having all the inventory shipped directly to this another spot in Tampa. From there, um, the website, like the CRM system that I was using didn't necessarily have all the functionality that I wanted with the website. I didn't feel like I had as much creative freedom as I had liked. Um, so, through the distribution center, I had tried to find a compatible CRM system. Um, that way that like people order through the site, they would be immediately notified. And then from there, they would ship the jerseys out to the customers. They gave me a few recommendations. I had gone with the cheapest one. Um, I think I got, <laughs> I got what I paid for. Um, when we had our second launch, because so many people had been used to on the first launch, how fast uh, our jersey sold out, people would be mashing the buttons or the buy now buttons whenever things would actually uh, pop up on the website. Um, when we did have the second launch, as expected, people were mashing the button, but these these people that I had hired for the new CRM system hadn't necessarily put in, put in um I guess it's a like a just a common code for e-commerce businesses to when people are um, like paying now and during the checkout process with the cart, 
um, it only goes through once. So it only sends the credit card information through once, but they hadn't placed the code within the, within our, our coding on their page. So people were getting charged six, seven, eight, nine times per, per just like session. And, you know, it was, it was terrible. I was having people calling me left and right, like telling me like they want their money back, calling me, cussing me out. Like I had done something. Um, I had to shut the website down. And that was the first time, like, <laughs> we, I had really just, um, it was, it was a big hurdle that I had to go through. And over the course of the next three months, we still didn't have a website. I was still paying another web designer and another CRM system to, to bring our website back. Um, I, I burned through a lot of cash. I ended up taking a loan out under my mom's name, started putting her in debt. And yeah, it was just a low point for me in the beginning when from so early on, we had had seen so much success to now we had, I had fallen so low to I had put my mom in debt and didn't have a website or office to even take orders in through. Um, but yeah, fast forwarding because uh, to, so we were out of, we didn't have a website from like November to March. Um, Eventually, I honestly, I just said, fuck it. I, I went on Shopify, built out a website for, my, for myself. I um, had a photo shoot and I, I just went really hard with our next campaign of like hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys and did what I could to, to just like pull myself out the out of hole. So. Not yet. Um, man, those those unexpected. <laughs> I can really mess you up um now i love that 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 you share that too just because i think on this end of things people could see your brand your business right and they're just like yo this dude is out here crushing it killing it it's always been sweet it's always been smooth but to to be able to hear like oh you know there was a time you just felt like yo this is ridiculous man <laughs> and a lot of that stuff um because i mean we know it all too well man just business the beauty of business is it can go well but it can go real bad real yeah, fast real south real, fast. <laughs> real south real fast and you just got to be able to roll with the punches and i think you know that becomes one of the telling truths of the business people entrepreneurs that really succeed you know at the end of the day it's a time game what would you say would be like the top two biggest myths or misconceptions about your industry um so not necessarily a misconception but the game is all smoke and mirrors like all these accolades all how good things look um that doesn't necessarily always equate to success and although you may see them it doesn't necessarily always equate to just money um a lot of times a lot of these things are just shiny trophies you know what i'm saying like they're just external validation um and they're really just hollow <laughs> like they're not uh, don't get caught up in all the smoke and mirrors. Simple as that. A second misconception I would say is, um, I mean, nobody says it's going to be easy. Nobody says it's going to be smooth. I don't know. I, I haven't really gone like, oh, just because I'm young doesn't necessarily mean I'm not capable. I think a lot of times uh, people will... I've been taken advantage of people will will underestimate me because of my age or just because I'm a young black entrepreneur but just because of my age doesn't mean I'm any less credible um it's just, I'm just coming from a different perspective so 
I love the fact that you alluded to um, them perceiving you to possibly be weaker. Let's, let's just, yeah, you know, let's just say it for what it is. Um, because of you being a, a young black entrepreneur, because for me and Paul, one of the things that we have started to do with the podcast, and this is a perfect segue into that segment, is we have a we have a black health segment. And, you know, it, it's not just about being able to help our people grow, you know, from a standpoint of finances, but also helping them get their health right. So. For today's Black Health segment, um, what I want to bring to light real quick is African-Americans are more impacted by stroke than any other racial group within the American population. Um, With that being said, with strokes, you know, you're prone to having a hemorrhagic stroke, which is like abnormal bleeding, and that's the most fatal one, or an ischemic stroke, which is basically think of it being like a rock in a hose or like a blockage in your artery. Um, So with strokes, guys, always remember the acronym FAST, which stands for face drooping, arm weakness, the speech is slurred, and time, which means calling 911 as soon as you see those other symptoms. Uh, Some preventative measures for us in our community, you know, try switching out the red meat for fish, you know, some salmon, uh, mackerel, tuna. Those have omega-3, which are very helpful in being able to prevent you know, high blood pressure, which can lead to strokes and also, you know, implementing foods that are high in potassium, such as like bananas or sweet potatoes, tomatoes. And then the last point that I would like to make is just cut back on alcoholic beverages. I know, I know for some of you, it's going to be a little difficult. Like I'm not telling you, you got to cut the hen out completely, but maybe instead of drinking henny, you know, every other day you cut, you cut down to like once a week or twice a week, in the long run, it's going to help you. So uh, that is our Black health segment for today. Now, getting back into the, the, the meat and potatoes, Pac, I think I'm, I'm going to ask this question because I know Paul wants to know, and I know a bunch of other people want to know as well. But <laughs> how did you land the, the Disney and, and, and Marvel licensing contracts? Like, talk to us about, about how that came into fruition. So in the... I guess this was like uh, October of 2017, back whenever the Black Panther movie trailer had dropped. Um, everybody had hopped on social media talking about, oh, we need to figure out what to wear. Oh, we need to wear traditional wear. And then we, we had others who were saying, oh, we need to wear some Mazizi. Then we had like a small group that was saying, no, Mazizi needs to actually make a jersey for it. And like, I, I, I heard the idea, I thought about it, but Marvel's a multi-billion dollar, like, company you feel me like we're we're a three-year-old small black-owned business um it didn't seem necessarily seem possible but i started doing my research started figuring out like where what problems was marvel having with reaching the black community and how could mazizi be an answer and solution to them who were they using for merchandisers how was their product in comparison to ours um, how were they rolling it out who are they targeting to roll out and just put together like this whole entire presentation or proposal and I sent it over to the licensing department over in December of 20, this is 2017 still. Um, they told me no. They, they said that like they already have merchandisers or people who are making products for the movie and that they don't need any more. 
So I decided to, if I couldn't go to the front door, let me figure out how to go through the back door. From there, we put together this uh, Mazizi for Marvel campaign to where we had like a mock-up jersey. Um, we were telling people, hey, yo, if y'all want to see this jersey, tag Marvel and let them know that like you, they, you, that you want it. Like there's proof of concept, proof of sale. It, it went viral. It got picked up by the trade room, but Marvel was still saying no. And... I don't necessarily encourage this behavior because I don't think it's necessarily good to be an annoying ass person. Um, but I'd just gone through LinkedIn and figured out who would work there and had just messaged everybody that I could <laughs> figuring out like, Hey, yo, um, who do I need to talk to, to make this happen? Or, or who do I need to get this presentation in front of? Um, eventually somebody had gotten back to me with someone at Disney that um, had, had actually seen the proposal and loved it. And from there, I sent them the email. And this is this is by March now. By this is like after the movie had even dropped. Um, and like our team and us, we were ready to move on, like past everything. Um, but yeah, that that just kind of like persistence with all those people that that worked at the company had been fruitful. I got an email from somebody at Disney. Reached out within two days. I was talking to the Disney's consumer products team, um, and then we were figuring out how we could make the Wakanda jersey a real thing. I love that too. I love that too. Just because one, if you've never seen the jerseys, I think we'll drop a, a link in the show notes for you to check it out. Purchase yours too. Um, but them joints are tight. Them Wakanda joints, bro. All right. They're tough. Um, no, they're dope. Um, I kind of want to talk about too, just because you know, another movie came out. So it wasn't just a Black Panther joint that y'all had, right? But another movie came out um, and y'all happened to drop another fire jersey, man. How did how did that happen? So with Lion King, that one was a lot smoother since we already had our foot in the door um, and we already had the systems in place. We had just presented them with the design and they had told us straight up like, yeah, we were looking to reach out to y'all regardless for merchandise for the movie anyways. So it happened real just like cohesively um and it wasn't nearly as difficult as it was for Wakanda but we do have a third in the chamber um for another movie that's coming out at the end of the beginning of next month <laughs> and we dropping a collection for it so y'all should be able to look out for that one you about to drop it here first on off the clock <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask I gotta ask for the people I'm playing Dude, I can't I can't do all that you gotta get the traffic to the website you feel me Hey, listen. I can't. I can't necessarily say what what's coming out. You know what I'm saying? Just know that the movie, this podcast, will be premiering on Thursday. We have a launch on. Be on the lookout two twenty eight, which is this upcoming Sunday. Bet, bet. Say less, bro. It's funny too because by the by the time this comes out, it'll probably have been. You know, the the movie would probably have been out. But I want to I want to let's talk numbers. Let's talk numbers, because there are people who are listening to this and they may think about being able to replicate the same thing, you know, just in a different uh, in a different lane, you know, or in a different field. So, Pac, how much capital is needed to, like, start a brand like this, like start a clothing brand or a streetwear brand? Um at the start versus like where you are right now 
I think there's a lot of ways you can go about it in starting a fashion brand in a lot of directions, um, whether it be taking in pre-orders and having things um, made like print to order so that you're not necessarily having to take such a like a capital intensive investment. But even for me, uh, I still gambled a little bit because I wanted to make some profit. But our initial launch, I had put well, my mom had, had pulled out money for me to she's our angel investor, you know. Um, 6,000, 4,500 for manufacturing, and then 1,500 towards like marketing and paying um, influencers. But I don't nearly think that's how much that needs to be invested off the bat. But at the end of the day, you're going to get what you pay for. So if like, if you want to make money, you have to spend some money to, to, to make that. I like that. You gotta, you gotta spend some to make some. But I also like the fact that, you know, you, you, you have your mom who pro- saw the vision and, and understood it, too, because that's key. Um, I think for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people tend to not understand, especially, you know, in those key moments where it all just looks like I don't want to say a passion project, but it all just looks like I <laughs> and they're going to get serious. <laughs> no, for, for the first two years, um or like the year and a half, I was trying to launch Pazizi. I was trying to get some some bread for my mom and she was not fucking with it. But she saw how consistent it was over the years and how like by the time that I finally had presented to her um, or by the time that she had actually had been convinced, I had like a whole 50 page business plan. And granted, I don't necessarily think business plans are as like necessary. It's good to 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 at least write down and have like a like a whole view of the market, your product, what you're trying to do. But I've never updated that business plan in the last five and a half years. I don't think it's necessarily something that is like people say it's a livable document, but I, I don't think it's as necessary personally. Um, but yeah, so I presented her like a business plan about how much research I had done and, and what I wanted to do. And then she was convinced and like, okay, let me, let me pull some, some bread out for you so that you can get started. Um, since I tried to take a loan out under my name, but I didn't have enough credit at the time in order to do so. So. All right, bet. Um, yo, I love that. I love that. Listen, you already told us what's coming. Well, you didn't tell us what's coming up next. <laughs> you just told us. something. Was coming. You, you just said something is coming up next. But um, I got to ask you, I got to ask you this question, too, um, just because it kind of even though it shouldn't be the central focus for people in their business, it is a focus. Um, and it comes to like, you know, being able to you know, make a little money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you say would be like the top two, three skills that you yourself had to master or your team had to master, um, you know, before you really started to see a lot of profit in your business? responsible spending i think that's a big one figuring out like just being more accountable of where your money is going and like what is the outcome like what's the return on investment on 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 such what's another skill always being like open to learning my whole mantra is is the acquisition of knowledge is um, a catalyst to progress the more that you learn and doesn't even necessarily have to be reading whatever method works for you in regards to learning ever if it's video audio visual whatever anything that that pertains to your circumstances or like a problem that is currently you're currently facing in your life 
because at the end of the day, nothing under the sun hasn't been done, right? So there's going to be something that's put out that's that's addressing it or talking about it and figuring out how to overcome it. Um, so yeah, like having that that hunger to always, and it doesn't necessarily be, need to be about everything, but whatever that focus is that you are focusing on and like what is just significant to you has helped out a lot. And what's the third skill? I think I, I keep going back to naive optimism. It, it's definitely like, one of those things where you have to you just have to hope for the best <laughs> you really just have to hope for the best you know because sometimes it may not it may not go so well in the beginning um but when you ride out the storm you know what i'm saying there's always going to be a rainbow after it so Pog, i got <laughs> i got two questions for you that are more um one of them just a little bit more on the fun side and then the second one is an underrated gem that I hope don't go over a lot of people's heads because this is, it's very important. I I feel like, and I already know you feel the same way, but first question, what would you say is a book that changed the game for you? The Richest Man in Babylon by, by George Klassen. Um, That was like the first book that had really opened my mind up to financial literacy. And, um, just like the disciplines when it comes to wealth and how to acquire wealth and make your wealth acquire itself. I'm not saying that book holds all the, all the answers, all the keys, but it's something that had inspired me to actually do more with, with what I had um, and actually had to make the most out of the resources that I do have access to. I had read that book right at the start of like launching the ZZ. So it had really had pushed me forward to like, okay, if there's this much game in one book, then I already know that there's there's a whole world full of game out there. I just got to, it's a matter of me taking the intention on going out and searching for it. That's actually pretty funny too, bro, because I remember getting that book because that was a book you were like, bro, go read this <laughs> book. And that's uh that's one of the books sitting in sitting in my library in Orlando, man. So uh that's just that's funny. I thought that's what you would say, but mm. I don't like to assume, you know, and and you know, me and you. Go ahead, bro. You like you want to say something else? I was about to say a new one that I've also picked up that's that's pretty eye-opening as well is called Growth IQ by Tony. Her name, her last name starts with a B. Um, but it breaks down the 10 different growth paths of businesses, organizations, anything. Um, and really just lays out an outline for how like different directions that one can grow anything <laughs> but in re- in regards to business in this context business um and that book has been pretty pretty eye-opening for me as well and that's more recent if anything perfect appreciate you bro because you and I both know how important that is and I try to we me and Paul try to get entrepreneurs to understand like you're only going to go as far as you take your mind mm-hmm. you know so it's it's critical to be able to you know, it's, it's, it's critical to be able to, to read and and really not just read, but apply the knowledge, you know. So thank you for that, man. The the next one, this, like I said, this is more of a, fu- a, a fun question. Bro, what would you say is your favorite pump up song to listen to before you, you work? Like before you get in the zone and you're like, I'm about to win the day. What's the song that you're putting on? None of This by Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> that joint's hard you know what i'm saying that's it talks enough. about you ain't never been on forbes and i'm like yeah they haven't <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's snap. a good one, bro. That's it. It feeds the ego, but at the same time, like it gets me motivated because, like, all right, bet, like, we need to keep working. All right, all right. And let me let me ask you this one as well. Who would you say is on your Mount Rushmore of entrepreneurs? On my Mount Rushmore of entrepreneurs, there there's a few in this class because I was I, I just got done with this um, 1863 business advent, business ventures. It's a black owned, black funded, um, like accelerator program for black businesses or minority businesses that have like two, or two plus years of skin in the game. Um, so they figure out not now to take like an idea or from ideation to production, but more so how to scale what what you've already done and what's already working. And there's so many people that I've met in that course that are doing dope ass shit. Just other black entrepreneurs, a lot of them black women that are really out here with so such innovative ideas that I'm just like, damn, like I need to set my game up. Um, damn, I, I can get you a list of names after this because I don't want to mess up anybody's name, their first and last names, you know what I'm saying? You get called out later. Um, but I would say that there's, it's not necessarily any like all-star OGs that I idolize because at the end of the day, like everybody has the circumstances that works for them. It's more so the people that are like, I can see myself in that are that are a bit more, that I can relate to a bit more that are the ones that really inspire me, the ones that are really out here doing shit and make shit shake and really motivating me to do more with what I am. That's no, real. Um, let me ask you one last question. <laughs> Was good. All right, so you you shifted. Um, I wasn't joking uh, to listeners when I said this man is like the official streetwear representative for the African diaspora and the world at this point. But now you know you you've done this. You're crushing it, man. What if you could invent the next big thing? What would it be? If I could invent the next big thing, I wouldn't be able to say because then I have to kill you, fam. I we ain't say no NDA or nothing, fam. Well, I, I can't tell you all that. What you mean? <laughs> the slow oh. is a good one, but I, I, I'm up to keep my mouth shut and plead the fifth on that one. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> we that nah. That's that's yeah. Uh, well played, pop. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate, bro. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll chop it up about that one later on, man. Um, sure. But let me. I'll ask you one last question too. And uh, this is just for, just from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you know, I'm you know I'm in healthcare. Uh, Paul's in healthcare as well. Do you think that the healthcare landscape is set up for people in healthcare to really win in entrepreneurship? First question. From my perspective, yeah. I think it depends on which aspect of healthcare you're you're talking about. Um, I do think that when it comes to medical technology, um, there's a lot of room for potential and growth and money there. Um, I think as well as what people are doing in pharmacology, and, and although uh, these a lot of these these big industry practices are are heartless and inhumane, I do think there's healthcare is, is a necessity. I think there's always going to be a market for something within the space. Um, granted, how crowded it may be, I I don't know because it's like a, it's not anything I've ever dabbled in. Um, but yeah, I do believe that there's there's definitely 
I don't know how the system is set up for y'all in regards to the successful or not, but I do know that, that there's money to be made. So <laughs> if that answers the question. Yeah, no, that was a good answer, man. I was just interested to know, you know, what you thought from the outside looking in, because it's always dope to get a, a, a different perspective. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that was my reasoning behind asking that question. And then for real, for real, the last question that I'm going to ask you is what would you, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are just getting started? Do your research, make sure that, um, and, but at the same time, don't get stuck in your research. Um, make sure that you're, you're making like educated guesses and inferences in regards to how your product may be re- uh, received in the market. Um, and make sure that like you're doing the research so that you can make like so that you can stack the deck you can make sure that that the conditions are in your favor so that you do have like the highest probability of succeeding do your research i love that i love that i love that i love that man oh that's for real you gotta do research to just make sure that you stay on top of the game but y'all also need to do some research by texting us y'all see that segway king Y'all got to do some, you got to text us. That's what you got to do. Look, here's why. All right. Let me just, let me just level with y'all. Get closer to the, to the speaker. Listeners, y'all want the gear. Y'all want the study guides. Do y'all want the heat, the knowledge, the gems that I drop daily. I'm sending out gems daily to y'all. Um, you got to text us 321-384. 6275. Carl and I both chose by some miracle to both wear the black. Today we got the OTC. I'm off the clock. If you're watching on YouTube land, you see it. Um, we have the white, we have the gray. Can't customize it. I can't believe I keep saying that. Um, but there's gonna come a day where we're gonna stop customizing. You can get your name, whatever, on the back. This, you know, this, this is what we're doing to support the brand. Also, want to make sure that you guys can feel supported. You guys can feel like you are, in fact, a part of something here off the clock. We're about black health and black wealth. So, text us 321 384 6275. Appreciate that, Paul. With that being said, yo, Park, bro, it's love, man. You already know what the vibe is, bro. Um, Much love. It was a pleasure. Greatly appreciate you, bro. Just keep winning, man. It's it's beautiful to see. It's motivating to see. And uh we'll be on the lookout for for that that line that's coming soon. But you know, for the listeners that are listening to this and this is their first time being exposed to you, what would be some uh social media or contact information you would want to leave with them? So you can find the company Mizizi across all social media platforms at M-I-Z-I-Z-I-S-H-O-P across literally everything. Um, and then if you're looking for me personally, it's just my first and last name on all social media platforms, which is P-A-A-K-O-W, my last name, E-S-S-A-N-D-O-H. Appreciate that, bro. To our lovely listeners. Thank y'all for rocking with us, man. It is now that time to close the episode. But before I do, I'm going to urge you guys once again, please go to Apple Podcasts, find OTC, scroll to the very bottom, click on the five star, and also leave us a written five star review as well. 
so we know that this is valuable so other people know that this is valuable i mean we do this for y'all so with that being said park once again thank you and to our listeners until next time peace many blessings all right y'all thank you for listening to another episode of off the clock don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast see you next episode